Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. to preach prophetically to a certain degree. We're about to pull off of the prophets and the apostles uh, that give us the privilege of being able to look forward to see. Uh, uh, the prophetic voice is going to be more important now than it's ever been before. And uh, not just in an individual, in you. Uh, I want to encourage you at Life Church, as the body of Christ is, you better buckle down more than you've ever buckled down before. You better pull your family up closer to you than they've ever been before. Um, moms, dads, grandma, grandparents, whatever the case may be, you're living in a time right now. Come on, I'm just going to be real this morning. It's not going to be popular what I'm going to do today. But uh, you better pull them up to you because they are under attack. Your children are under attack uh, a lot of the prophets went to prophesy in 2020. I could have prophesied what a lot of uh, prophets I heard saying. It's about vision and seeing, and that's a, that's a given. But I heard one prophet prophesy, a man by the name of Tracy Cook. Uh, he's a little, <laughs> he's Tracy Cook. That's all I'm going to say about him. Amen. And he prophesied, no, it ain't about vision. It's about exposure. Uh, how many, I don't know if y'all are keeping up with anything or if you got your head in the sand or whatever, but it's going to be my job to, to lead this body. Uh, things are being exposed like never before. One of the things is child molestation, sex trafficking. Uh, I don't know if y'all are seeing all this. The big wigs are being busted. Uh, 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 um, Hollywood's being busted. Uh, I mean, it's just like it was prophesied. Are y'all listening to me? It's being exposed. Amen. And I, me and my wife drove down the road the other day. She's just showing me one post after another with what's happening to children. And we just wept, uh, which leads me to believe there's something that this church is going to have to get involved in at some point. We're praying about that. Help us pray about how can we be activists, amen, to get on our knees in prayer and then get up and put up, you know, go to work as it relates to uh, sex trafficking, child, uh, what they're doing with the children and such. But let me tell you right now, if you're a parent and you have a child and he has or she has a phone and it's not censored, you're crazy. I'm just going to say, I mean, I'm, I don't have any tact. You're nuts. Matter of fact, you're responsible and your children are being exposed to these perverted predators in ways. And I really wish someone would step up to the plate. Men's, I don't have much in here for technology, not much in there, period. And start putting together a program, you were sharing a lot with me, of the way these phones work, what's happening that you don't even know about. She told me that when her, this child would look at her phone and it would recognize her face and show her things, she would tell her parents, her parents would take the phone and it would not do it. That's happening. And if you think it's not happening to your kid, you are a negligent parent. Amen. I'm just, I'm mad this morning. I'm just going to tell it like it is. If you're trying to be your kid's friend, you are going to stand before God. You're going to be judged by God because he didn't call you to be their friend. He called you to be their parent. And if you think you're excluded, you are nuts. 
Amen. And one day, if you don't get a grip on what's coming through that social media, amen, it's going to bite you in the... Amen. And your kids are going to pay for it. Oh, oh, I trust my kid. The devil is a liar. I trust me too. But if something runs across there that catches my attention for one second... There is a devil out there that will pull that child in there. And we got some testimonies here of what pornography will do to you for years and years and years. Are y'all feeling me? I'm feeling the anointing. I think I'm already preaching. Amen. If you have children and you're too busy to parent those children, you are a child abuser. Uh, If you're too busy to steward your children, amen, I'm telling you, the Bible says it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and you throw it into the river if you're not watching out for your children. It's not, hey, and not only social media, your school and your teachers. If you don't know what your teachers are teaching your kids, you are crazy. You are crazy. Oh, we just, uh, it's a lot better out here, that's for sure, than it is into the bigger cities. Amen. But stuff has been exposed that is unreal about teachers who were upset for the, what do you call them books? Chrome? Chrome books? They're upset saying, oh my, don't laugh at me. They're saying, teachers, it got out. One of their texts got out that, oh my God, now we're not going to be able to brainwash their children. I can't make this stuff up, y'all. I can't make this stuff up. It's happy. That's the world you live in. So we as families do not be distracted. So we're going through hard times right now. Situations and circumstances are what they are. And I'm telling you prophetically right now, this nation is being conditioned for, um, what words do I use? Are y'all listening to me? This nation is being conditioned for civil unrest at this next election that's going to rip the fiber of our nation apart. Amen. I'm just telling you. I'm going to start telling you what I'm hearing in prayer. I've been going to a place in prayer, and I don't do this. I don't prophesy. Amen. But there's other prophets that are prophesying. There's dreams that are being had, and you can take that or leave it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you it's coming. And if this nation, this nation is being conditioned through the, the, the radical riots and the destruction and the defunding and the tearing down of government, and I know all that's sensitive and it needs to be talked about. I'm about to put out a live post on Black Lives Matter that I'm just trying to get it all right that I want you to listen to so we can find balance in that. The devil even wants to divide us over Black Lives Matter and and this, we've got to stand up and be the voice of reason. So we'll let you know before that goes out. But uh, there's things going on behind the scenes. I have information in my phone right now. Josh, did you watch what I sent you? That would blow your mind if I gave it to you that's being exposed. I'm talking, I have, I have an inner meeting of CIA and Bill Gates that will blow your mind of the things they're planning behind the scenes. Amen. Uh, that's the world we're living in. But guess what? We win. But we don't win if we're not spiritually mature, spiritually strong. We don't win if we don't know ahead of time. That's what I'm double. That's what I'm about to preach. We we should know. The Bible says this day shouldn't catch you unaware. You're the children of light. 
And, 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 and as the darkness gets darker, the brighter the light gets. But if you're too distracted within your own family, can I tell you, a lot of trouble is coming into your family because God's trying to build a family of faith in your house. Amen. Things are going to dismantle just so you can use creative activities and ideas to go into realms you couldn't have went into if everything would have remained the same. Oh, I got a message coming on this uh, that I'm going to preach later. I need you to see what's going on. Quit fighting each other. Don't start fighting amongst ourselves. We're, we, we are the city set on the hill. Is anybody listening to me this morning? We are the light of the world. We are the living. Amen. The very th the things the devil's lying to you that God is not faithful is what I'm going to preach on. Amen. I'm going to show you that God is doing exactly what he said he would do. Amen. You just don't understand that trials is to build something in you you didn't have before the trial. Amen. Embrace it. Let God build you. I got to get off of that. Amen. But I, I really want some of you younger tech savvy people to join with me and I want to put something together on the family even if we have to do it by Zoom and I need you to get the information of how dangerous them stupid cell phones are. <laughs> I love my cell phone. It's so powerful and all that but it's the most dangerous thing that ever got into the hands of your children. And if you don't know what your children, we found out stuff coming through Disney. I always thought if it's Disney, it's safe. The devil is a liar. I need that information from some of you that are here. We've been, they're selling toys now. I'll quit ranting in a minute. They're selling toys now that have perverted things in them. Deception that you don't even know. It just looks like a, a little toy. And some of them's got phone numbers on. That kid can call that phone number and be hooked up immediately with a pervert that starts pulling them in. And then they tell them things like they're going to kill their parents if they tell you. I'm telling you, you don't look at me like that. I'm not over-exaggerating anything. Am I? I'm under-exaggerating some stuff that we got to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Amen. Shake your neighbor and tell them, wake up. Wake up. This is 2020. And the Bible says that the devil knows. The devil is a spirit being. Are you listening to me? He lives in the second heavens. I got another message I'm going to do on first, second, and third heaven. He's in the second heavens. He's interfering the third heavens from the first heaven. He knows what's going on in heaven. He knows that, that what Christ is doing, so he's unleashing hell. And if you keep your head in the sand and stay in prayerlessness and don't go to prayerfulness, you're going to be in the wake of his destruction. Somebody give the Lord a hand praise for such inspirational news at Life Church. I'm telling you, it's time to man up. It's time to woman up. It's time to stand up. And it's time to speak up. Can I get a witness? Amen. Praise God. So be watching for that. I believe the Lord is, can give me wisdom to bring balance to things that separate, like Black Lives Matter, uh, organizations that could be good things in some parts. And uh, so y'all be praying. That's what the church is. We are the salt of the earth. And the salt actually is an idiom for wisdom. We should have the wisdom of God to unify what the enemy's trying to destroy. I'm challenging you families. Don't fight amongst yourself. Pull yourselves together. Get a Bible back open around your table. Begin to seek the face of God. Are y'all ready for a word of God? Amen. All right. Well, y'all just stay with me today because I ain't quitting until I'm done. But when I get done, I'll quit. 
God's been giving these, me these cliches of wisdom lately. They're just, do I need to say that again so you can write it down? <laughs> okay, I'm going to do something I've never done before. Go to 2 Peter chapter number 3 and I'm going to preach the whole chapter. And if you said, God, I hope this don't take long, you're not saved. You need to be born again. If y'all heard somebody say that, lay your hands on them right now and ask the Lord to save them. Huh? You said it three hours at a football game. Ben's watched your favorite movie, but the preacher can't preach 30 minutes. All right, y'all ready? I want you to keep your Bibles open to this because I'm going to preach this chapter this morning. Did you have my title up there? I missed it. Did that, does that uh, ring a bell to anybody? Anybody else hear that term? The unsurvivable surge. If you was watching the news when the storm was coming in, that was their last warning to everybody in uh, Cameron. It's an unsurvivable surge. I love you, Red. You can get back there to shake your hand. This second epistle, Paul, uh, Peter said, I'm writing again. Beloved, I, I, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I come to stir you up by reminding you of some things. That you be mindful of the words that were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I come to remind you what they told you. I'm not going to tell you anything else new. I come to stir up your remembrance because we have a tendency to forget things. Can I get a witness? Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant. Did you hear what I said? He said, they're saying Jesus ain't coming. We've heard that all our life. Amen. They're even trying to say nothing's ever changed. But he said in verse number five, they're willingly ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. He said they're forgetting the fact it ain't always been the same. God destroyed this earth one time before with water. But they forgot. Okay, are you with me? We're by, we're by uh, seven. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire. It was destroyed by water first. It will be destroyed again by fire. Against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. There is coming a day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Somebody shout amen if you're hearing me. Which is teaching the word. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But he is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. 
Somebody shout amen. But the day of the Lord will come. And it will come unexpectedly. It will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burnt up. Seeing therefore that all these things shall be dissolved, which means destroyed, what manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of the Lord. I think that's interesting. I'm not going to get to preach that one, I don't think, but look at it. I don't know what translation you got. Look at verse number 12. He said, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. That actually means looking for and hurrying up the coming of Christ. Isn't that powerful? Do you know the church has the power to rush the coming of the Lord? How do we rush the coming of the Lord? You rush the coming of the Lord by taking over the earth. By winning souls. By tearing down kingdoms of darkness. Because the only thing stopping Jesus is the lack of soul saved. Isn't that powerful? Amen. Instead of sitting around doing nothing, praying, come Lord Jesus, maybe we ought to be out there trying to get as many as we can saved. Hasting until the coming of the day of God. Wherein, he repeats it again, the heavens being on fire shall be destroyed and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Oh, but here's an awesome promise right in the middle of it. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, Amen. We're looking for a new heaven and new earth where righteousness is going to dwell. Isn't that powerful? Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, because you're looking for these things to happen just like God said, be diligent that you be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Are y'all reading your Bible with me? This don't even sound like the same gospel I'm hearing preached today, that you're okay, I'm okay, we all okay. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner, you can't help but sin. He said, without spot and blameless. 15, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Only reason he hadn't come because he wants people to get saved. Even as our beloved brother Paul also uh, look at Peter. You think Paul wasn't awesome? Peter's alluding to Paul now. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all of his epistles. He said, Paul was constantly warning you Jesus is coming. Paul, in all of his letters, was, was making sure you were ready for the coming of the Lord. In all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable twist the scriptures as they do also other scriptures. My God, if this ain't the day of deception, I don't know what it is of people twisting the scripture that Jesus ain't really coming. There ain't even no hell. There ain't no heaven. 
He said, he said people, unstable people start twisting these scriptures because it fits the lust of their own flesh. Wow, Peter was awesome. He said, they do all the scriptures that way to their own destruction. Verse 17. You therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before. Somebody shout before. Seeing you know these things before they happen, beware. Be watching. Be on your guard. Lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. But instead, verse 18, grow. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wow, it's the most we've ever read. There's a scripture in Acts chapter number 24, 25. Don't look it up. He, uh, he make him put it on the screen. Uh, I want you to look at this scripture. Uh, this is one scripture to where it's, it's the text that Paul, we get to see the text that Paul preached out of. That when he had the one opportunity to stand in chains, preach to the hierarchy uh, uh, of Rome, I think that's where it was, in Rome, this is the text that he took to preach to get someone saved. And the Bible says, and he reasoned uh, three points he had, righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Paul's sermon was wrapped up in righteousness, which is right relationship with Jesus Christ, just right with God. Self-control, amen, which is a message we don't hear anymore. You can't help what you are. You're going to do what you're going to do. This was the message of our apostle, lead apostle. He stood before the king and preached on righteousness, self-control, and what? Judgment to come. And he preached it so hot and he preached it so hard that Felix began to tremble. I just want to make a point of just one situation to where we catch a glimpse of Paul's opportunity to preach the gospel to get people saved. We're not preaching this kind of word anymore. Amen? It's all about here and now and you being comfortable. But let me tell you something. Uh, I'm going to use a little bit what we just went through in Louisiana and East Texas. Technology has afforded us one of the greatest privileges are gifts known to man, and it's the ability to be forewarned. Have you ever thought about it? What a powerful gift that we can know the dangers that are coming. Did anybody else, was anybody else like me and my wife? What time did we get up Thursday morning, 4 o'clock in the morning? Was anybody else sitting in front of your TV? Did anybody else check your phone? Was anybody else watching what this thing's going to do, where it's going to go? Uh, besides me. But anyway, we've been given this gift to be able to know before it ever gets here. And as a result, thousands of people. I, I made a big loop in Texas during that thing. I went down mid-Louisiana, went out, come back into te uh, Louisiana in, on the north end. Uh, I was amazed at the traffic that were coming back. Lined as far as you could see thousands of cars, thousands of families that got the news and evacuated. And they were making their way back. Thousands of people were saved in Louisiana and in uh, East Texas because of a, a great big old eyeball 
that's put somewhere way up in space. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Called a satellite. And that thing was looking down on destruction that they could not see. And because of that satellite, Bliss, I should have got you to school me on this stuff. Because of that satellite, thousands of people were gathering up stuff. They were getting their families together. They were packing cars. And was it convenient? Absolutely not. Did people have the money to evacuate? Lots of them didn't have the money. Lots of them didn't have the means. Is anybody listening to me? But because they got a prophetic word. Because they was a, a, a satellitic prophet. Wow, that was good. Thank you, Ricky, for laughing at that. Amen. <laughs> they had a satellitic prophet. And all seeing eye looking down saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Amen. So thousands in Louisiana were, were saved uh, uh, because it was warning them of what was coming. And I, I was watching it, and I seen that old boy down there in Cameron. You know how them news people are. They sit down there, and they got on them jackets, and, boy, they letting the wind blow them. Uh, amen. But, but I watched him when he, when he first started broadcast, broadcasting, and he was standing there, and he kept letting the camera look at the, look at the water. And even when the sun was shining, the sun was shining, he's standing there, his hair's just blowing a little bit, and he's saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. There was a little bit of breeze blowing. They began to warn us it was coming, and, and we could not see that it was coming, and we had no way of knowing that it was coming. We, we, we would have just went on with life as usual if we wouldn't have had some newsman broadcasting this information, amen. But because of the forewarning, multitudes escaped the danger of this coming storm. And because of their obedience to the warning, they were saved and their families were spared. They didn't suffer the, the death that so many would have, would have. And like I said, as I was beginning to watch it, come on, first it was just a breeze and you're sitting there looking at this guy. The sun is shining. It seemed uh, like this just can't be. This can't be. He's standing there telling us that it's right out there. It's right out there past your vision, past what you can see, but it's out there and it's coming. I need somebody to look at your neighbor and tell them it's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I'm sitting there saying, man, it just can't be that bad. You know, I know how you news people are. I know how you preachers are. Amen. Uh, Y'all always escalate everything. Amen. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, it just can't be that bad. And so they'll go to something else, Tammy, and they come back to him, and all of a sudden they showed the water again, and it's rippling. The water's beginning to ripple, and, and, and now his hair is kind of blowing a little more, amen, and it goes on and on, and as time went on, the waves started getting bigger and bigger. Did y'all see all that? You could begin to see the trees swaying more and more, and, and, and it just kept on and kept on. Next time you see him, he's in, a, he's in a slicker suit, and he's got his rain, and the rain is beginning to fall down, and saying, this is just the front of it. This is just the first ripple of it. Amen. But he said, do not be fooled because she's coming and she's bad and her name is Laura. <laughs> that old boy told me the other day, that's why they call them hurricanes and not hemicanes. <laughs> hurricanes are bad and unpredictable. <laughs> and they changed their mind. You don't know if they're going to come in down here. <laughs> if it was a hemicane, he'd let you... Okay, Tammy said... 
God help me, we got to laugh. I mean, you know, we're blessed. We're blessed. Amen. But we kept on and kept on until finally another report came. And this report said this would be an unsurvivable surge. In other words, if you're in Cameron, don't think you're going to make it through this one. Don't, don't, don't think you've made it through some more, but we're telling you this is an unsurvivable surge. If you're in this area, amen, you won't be able to hold on to anything because if you're holding on to it, it will be underwater. You will be destroyed. Lives will be destroyed. And, and it came just like predicted. And the, devastate, the destruction was devastating. Amen. I'm afraid our governor has shot himself in the foot. Amen. By the statement he made. Because if you go where we've been, you'll see, amen, Nick, the destruction is unbelievable. And I drove for hundreds of miles around this thing from one end to the other. Amen. The only good news about the bad news that Laura was coming was the fact that the people could prepare for it. I'm going to say that again. No wonder the gospel is the good news. Sometimes it's good news about bad news. Uh, I'm just going to preach the word. It's the good news about the bad news. And the good news about the bad news of Laura was the fact that we knew it was coming. We were warned it was coming and we could be prepared that it's coming. Is this world going to melt with a fervent heat? Your Bible says it does. Amen. I'm going to prove you in Scripture, the sun and the stars are going to melt in the fervent heat. Amen. Because when the kingdom of Christ is established, there won't be no more sun. Amen. Because the Bible says that Christ, the Son of the living God, will be the light thereof. We'll not need stars. We'll not need the sun. We'll not need the moon. Amen. Because there'll be no night in that kingdom. It'll be day and Christ will be the light thereof. Amen. So this earth, the second heavens, amen, are going to melt in the fervent heat. Amen. But the good news is, the Bible says, I'm telling you this and warning you of this so you can be ready not to get caught in the surge. Somebody ought to give the Lord a hand praise for this kind of news. Well, just like what we've experienced in Louisiana and East Texas, uh, and, 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 and like we've experienced many times, we also have the same privilege and honor this morning of knowing what's coming into our future as it relates to eternity. Isn't that amazing? I don't think it's sinking into you like it's just been stirring me. Amen. But Shelly, we have the same privilege of looking into this spiritual radar. Amen. To know exactly what's coming, how it's coming, so that we can be ready for the coming. Amen. God, our Father. Oh, I'm preaching good news as bad as it may sound. God, our Father, in His mercy and His loving desire, that none should perish, but that all could come to eternal life. Amen. He went to great lengths to make sure you were forewarned. Are you listening to me? The forewarning is the love and the mercy of God extended to the people He loves. 
God said over and over in the book of Isaiah, I've laid out before you all things that are going to come to pass before they happen. That's what he kept saying in Isaiah. Amen. Why? Because you're my children. Because I love you. He said, so I use my prophets to start laying things out for you. They're mapping it out for you. It's as if they're standing there like the newsman. <laughs> Amen. With a microphone in their hand and they're just declaring what is coming and where we are today so that we could prepare for what's coming. Isn't God good? Amen. Write down Amos 3 and 7. It says, surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing His secret to His servants, the prophets. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the creator of the universe. I'm talking about the creator and the destroyer of this earth that we're living in. Amen. He said, I'm not going to do nothing without letting you know what is coming. Somebody ought to shout, thank you, Jesus. This is why you and your little family better be closer to God than you've ever been so you can hear, or you better be connected with some man of God who can hear. We better open that Bible up, <laughs> amen, and just quit going to it to get a fix because we're living in 2020 now, and we need to know what is happening. Nothing is no more important than knowing the after this that I'm about to preach about. Nothing, amen. Surely the Lord will do nothing without revealing. Isn't that amazing, Kobe, that we can walk in a way that God can reveal things to us and tell us things. And what's awesome is most of it is already documented. It's on the radar. It's already there. We just got to have somebody bold enough to preach it and a body that's brave enough to believe it. And embrace it. Amen. He said, I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn you. And then, cherish, we got so many proofs in the Bible where God did just that. Amen. Never did God bring destruction upon this earth without telling his people first. Amen. He just ain't that type of God. He's a father. He ain't trying to sneak up on you and kill you. Amen. He gave us prophetic insight after prophetic insight to prepare me for what's coming. But Peter said, don't you be fooled. The day is coming. The day is coming. Amen. Noah was the proof of it. Remember? Amen. God was going to destroy the entire earth. God said, I'm not destroying the earth without not, not letting my people know. And your Bible says in the book of Hebrews 11 and 7, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things that were coming. Wow. Noah being, he got that spiritual radar. Russ, he was watching the radar. He was close to God. He could hear God. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things that were coming but not yet seen. He moved with fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his house. Amen. He didn't just say, oh, it's a crazy word. Amen. It ain't never rained this, that, and other. Don't even know how to build a boat. Hear me, young people, you're in here for a reason. I'm telling you that day is coming. The day of the Lord is coming, and it's coming unexpectedly. It's coming as a thief in the night, meaning you're not going to have time to get ready when Jesus comes. You've got to be ready when he does come. Oh, but here's good news. He said, but we're not children of the darkness. We're children of the light. He said, we, we have an insight that we know when it's getting close. Amen. We can tell that the water's rippling. I just wonder if some of the things we're experiencing said in 2020 ain't the rippling of the water that is the beginning of something that's going to change the entire face of America 
God told Noah, there is an unsurvivable surge coming. Get ready, be ready, and stay ready. My God, if you're listening to me in this building right here, right now, and you're not born again, you're having the same privilege Noah had. Amen. For God to, to, to give you a news bulletin and a news flash of this is what's coming. Get ready, be ready, and stay ready. I could go on and establish that. Remember when God got ready to destroy the wicked, immoral cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember that? He didn't just come in there and wipe everything out. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. Every warning is the love of God extended to you and I. Amen. And there was a praying man on a hill. Some here, oh God, I got so much to say. Are y'all okay? You hear me? Uh, there was a Abraham up on a hill. He had nephews in the city. Amen. And instead of worrying about his own comfort, he was making intercession for those in the city. Hear me, families, you got to start praying. You better start praying. Your lost loved ones need somebody praying. Amen. Why? Because the day of the Lord is coming and it's going to come like a roar, Peter said. And the heat, I'll read something from Dr. Simmons in a minute of the passion. The atmosphere is going to be on fire. Amen. He said, so they need an Abraham praying, God, I will not leave my sons behind, my daughters behind, my uncles behind. Is anybody, my God, this ain't no time to quit praying. This is a time you ought to have a prayer closet, amen. If you believe he's coming, you ought to be praying that angels, this is what God does, Ricky, God sent angels in there. Amen. Somebody said, what are you going to do if your kid don't get saved? My kid's going to get, my kid didn't. My kid's going to get saved. Huh? Uh, amen. I don't know what God will have to do. He may have to drag them out. The Bible says all them nephews a lot didn't want to come out, but the angels of the Lord grabbed them by the hand and drug them out. Amen. Sometimes he may have to drag our people out by their finances and the lack thereof. Is anybody in this place? Amen. But if you are a praying individual, I have a promise. I'm going to encourage myself right now. I have a promise that if I do my part on my knees while I'm here praying, something is going to be dragging my loved ones out of the destruction before the fury, fury of an almighty God. Oh, we don't preach about this love. We don't preach about this love. I'm telling you, I'm going to do a whole sermon on the wrath of God. Yes, God, the wrath of God. Peter brought it up and said, he's going to destroy ungodly men. Can't help it, it's the word. God don't need me to defend his character. He's God. But I can't preach one side of God and not preach that one day the wrath of God. And your Bible says in the double side, in the New Testament, not the old. It's a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of a living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And there is coming a day. Wednesday night, I'm going to teach on the judgments. You're not going to miss it. To where people will stand before the throne of God. God and his presence is going to be so magnificent. It, the scripture says everybody in earth flow, they flee from the presence and couldn't look at him. They couldn't look at him. But we're going to stand before him and you're going to be judged. 
I'll teach you Wednesday night. If you're lost, you're not going to stand. Be- I mean, if you're saved, you're not going to stand before God. You're going to stand before Jesus. But if you're lost, you're going to stand before God. Oh, my God, I can't wait to teach. Well, here we are. I feel something in this room right now. Well, here we are to my text. Paul said, now I'm writing to you another letter. I wrote you one time. But I'm writing you another letter to stir you up. He'll stir you up by reminding you. I come. You know how it is. Amen. You know how we are. If something delays for very long, we just forget about it. And when you heard it the first time, you were passionate like you are right now. You were passionate and know, oh my God, this is true. This is the word of God. But the more it goes on, if you're not careful, you'll forget about it. So Paul said, Peter said, I'm writing you another letter to stir your minds up by reminding you, amen, of that weather bulletin. I come to remind you there is an unsurvivable surge that is coming, amen, and I come to stir you up by reminding you what the prophet said and what Paul told you and what the apostle said was coming. Peter said, I'm afraid that time has dulled your senses and caused you to compromise your beliefs. He said, time is the enemy of faith. And what you used to believe, and now you're living in a society that just waters it down and says, is it really true? It's the oldest trick in the book. Did God really mean what he said? He said what he meant and he meant what he said. And Peter said two or three times in one chapter, this earth is going to melt with a fervent heat. Amen. But it's not going to be, uh, uh, but God is bringing up a brand new earth and a brand new heaven. And it's going to be an earth that's suited for righteousness. Not another child molested. I'm so eat up with that, I can't stand that. Not another child in some back room with some pervert. Are you listening to me? Not another thief. Not another lie. Not another murder. No more racism. It's going to be an earth where righteousness dwells before, because our president is Jesus himself. Can I tell you something? You're so wrapped up in the here and now. And of course, me and Josh and my preacher, we don't preach a whole lot on the rapture because we think we ought to be taken over now. And that's exactly right. Amen. I would never pray, come Lord Jesus. Now I've told you what to do. Quit praying, come Lord Jesus. Just go get people saved. But know this. I got scriptures for you, but can I just flow with this for a little while? Amen. Your life is not about here and now only. You are being prepped to judge angels. You're being prepped to rule and reign for an eternity. Amen. For an eternity. You're going through things right now to build men and women of faith who can rule regions, who can control environments under a brand new government. Can y'all wrap your mind around this stuff? Your 70 years ain't nothing. We got to make an impact while I am here. <laughs> but but I got I got scripture after scripture to prove. I'm trusting you with stuff now to see how much I can trust with you in eternity. Amen. I'm so glad I got a revelation of what heaven's going to be like because men, I don't know if y'all like me, but I I never was I never was uh, enthused with the fact that I was going to float around on a cloud in heaven and sing. I don't even... (laughs) You ask my wife, I fast forward through the worship, listen to the message. I'm sorry. 
So it never was appealing to me that I'd have a halo which is floating around heaven singing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Amen. Jesus is coming to this earth. You hear me? And when he comes back, we're coming back with him. And he is going to rule. He is going to reestablish the Garden of Eden. The devil ain't winning this earth. You hear me? He's going to reestablish the Garden of Eden. And the whole world is going to be righteous. And he's going to say, okay, Nick, you were faithful. You didn't compromise. You did what I asked you to. So I'm going to put you over 10 cities. Y'all looking at me like I'm preaching a foreign doctrine. And it's all in your Bible. And for you that just squeamed by, squeamed, you know. <laughs> he said, things are going to be taken away from you because it's written down in the book what you're supposed to accomplish already. Kobe preached on it. All the good works that were pre-blessed, if you don't fulfill them, you're going to lose all those rewards and you're going to scrape into heaven. I'm going to teach some of that Wednesday night. Come back. He said, I'm afraid that your senses have been dulled by delay. And as a result, you're getting lazy. Oh my God, I'm preaching. Are y'all listening? You're getting lazy now. You're getting lazy. You're, you're getting lazy with your, comp your compromise and your holiness. Amen. The Bible says, forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together as the manner of the some are, and even more so in the last days. Church faithfulness is getting fewer and fewer and fewer, amen, because we, we're, we're not expecting him to come like we used to, amen. And as a result, we're getting lazier and lazier and lazier until one day there'll be a clash. And it says he will descend from heaven with a shout. That tells me he's excited about coming. He's excited about being united with his bride. Paul said, Peter said, I can tell you, you've been too long without somebody reminding you it ain't just about this life. There is an afterlife. There is another life that's going to last for eternity, but you're getting lazy. You're getting lazy in your prayer. You're getting lazy in your devotion. You're getting lazy in your, in, in, in your, in your relationship with me. So he said, I come to stir you up so that you would be mindful and he said, not only that, are y'all with me this morning? Not only that, he said, but as time goes on, I don't know when Jesus is coming. I don't know if it's tomorrow, next week, next year, 10 years, 20 years. I don't know. You don't know. But he did say, I'm going to send you reminders every now and then to remind you this whole world ain't going to stand forever. Things as you know it can change overnight. Can I get a witness? Ain't God's mercy good? He says, so not only does time get you to where you're kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Josh Stoneman said, uh, meet me up there at Quick Mart. I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock. Like here, I told y'all to be here at 630 because 7 o'clock I'm pulling out of the parking lot. <laughs> Amen. And, and you're supposed to be here at 7 and I'm standing there, got my car cranked and I'm ready to go. 710, you ain't here. 7.15, you ain't here. 7.30, you ain't here. So I start getting comfortable. 
Till after a while, you start thinking, well, maybe he ain't coming. Peter said, that's the problem. Because he didn't come when you thought he was, you started getting lazy. And then fool around and lean my seat back. This is the picture of the modern church with the coming of the Lord. Does anybody else drool? Huh? My God, are y'all listening to me? So Paul said, I came to shake you. I mean, Peter did. I came to stir you up, to remind you what the apostles said. And he said, what's going to be worse in the last days? Mockers are going to come. Scoffers are going to come. That religious ideology that comes and says, eh, and that means to laugh at. Amen. To make you feel like an idiot because you believe Jesus is coming to get a spotless bride. To make you feel like it's outdated and it's old school. Some religious idea. He said, they're going to come. You better listen to your pastor this morning. They're going to come. Amen. And they're going to be saying things like, where is he at? We've heard this all of our life. Jesus is coming. He said, ain't nothing changed since the creation of the world. That's the message that comes. You ain't got to worry. There ain't no hell. Ain't no hell to shun, a heaven to gain. Ain't no reminding of Christ and the bride. Amen. You just do the best you can. Make all the money you can. Live the best you can. Be as comfortable as you can. Enjoy life. Amen. He said, they're going to come. Amen. And if you don't hear it verbally, you're going to hear it mentally. Because there's a spirit loose telling you the same thing. Woo! This is the most important information you're ever going to hear out of me. Peter said, they, in your Bible, I'm preaching this chapter 5 and 6, verse 5 and 6 says, they conveniently overlooked the fact that that's exactly what they were saying in the days of Noah because of the long-suffering of God who didn't want any of them to perish. And suddenly, unexpectedly, God destroyed the entire earth with an unsurvivable surge. Peter said, the only difference between that time and this time is, that time he destroyed the earth with water. And this time he's going to destroy it with fire. If you ever start questioning it, get your Bible out because you can't believe Genesis, amen, and the destruction of the earth by water, amen, if you do not believe God is going to destroy this stuff. You cannot believe the whole Bible if you don't believe God's coming to destroy. That's what Peter was saying. He said, oh, they, they're conveniently forgetting that God wiped out everything but the righteous. He said, don't let the delay of his coming make you let your guard down. Don't let the day delay fool you because, he said, don't let the delay fool you because a day is as of a thousand years and a thousand years is a day to God. In other words, don't let the delay fool you because time ain't nothing to God. Souls are. Time, time don't mean nothing to God. He lives in eternity. He's not looking at his watch. Amen. Counting the seconds. He's counting the souls. That's why he's held Jesus back. That's, that's why he hadn't come yet. Peter said, God's not late. He's not slow. He's not lazy. But rather, he's merciful. And he's long-suffering. He's waiting for people to prepare for the surge to get right and to get ready. But know this, Peter said, 
the day of the Lord will come and it will be unexpected like a thief in the night. And when it does come, the unsurvivable storm is going to hit this earth. Dr. Simmons wrote scripture this way in his translation. The atmosphere will be set on fire and vanish with a horrific roar. He's talking to the people down there and they said, oh my God, some of those that didn't evacuate, I don't know how they, they didn't evacuate. They said, oh my God, the, the noise. Anybody ever been through something like that? The noise and the roar of the power that was surging through there. Man, you ought to see the timber down there, Joey. It's crazy what power does. Amen. He said, it's going to be the same way at the coming of the Lord. He said, it's going to be a horrific roar and fear. It's going to fill the hearts of those who were left on this planet to incur the wrath of an almighty God because they rejected the gift of his son. No wonder Hebrews says, how shall we escape if we neglect this warning? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation from this storm that is coming? Did y'all see that old news where some of them hit cops? They were just sheriff's departments. They were so angry with people. They said, if you do not evacuate, write your social security number on your arm. Did y'all see that? But it's because they were angry. It's because they knew what was coming. And if you choose to die, at least we can identify you because it's unsurvivable. Can I tell you the wrath of God that's going to be poured out upon this earth to judge the ungodly is going to be an unsurvivable surge. That's why the gospel of the new good news. Let's us prepare that we will not be swallowed up in this storm. What a book, this Bible. It grants me the honor to be forewarned. It allows us to look at this spiritual radar and see what's coming so we don't get swept away with this unsurvivable storm. Peter said this. I'm still preaching your chapter. We're moving pretty fast too. Verse number 11 says, Since all these things, I'm kind of out of a different translation now. So it says, Since all these things are on the verge of being destroyed, don't you see how vital it is to live a holy life? He said, Seeing that you know it's coming. See how you know the earth's going to melt. The earth's going to melt. The heavens are going to melt. And there's going to be a new Eden uh, established. He said, knowing that we're on the verge. Peter wrote this, not me. Knowing that we're on the verge of this catastrophic event. He said, what manner of person ought you to be? He said, you ought to be consumed with the holiness of God. So you're ready when that day comes. Wow. Verse 12 says, while we anticipate and help to speed up the coming of the Lord, when the atmosphere, this is Dr. Simmons, when the atmosphere will be set on fire and the heavenly bodies will be consumed in a blaze. The sun is the, I assume, the highest in Fahrenheit of any other body on the planet. But the presence of God is going to be so fierce, it'll even melt the sun. What power? You can't even wrap your mind around that. And, and ungodly men are going to have to stand before God and look him in the eye and be judged for what you did and or did not do on this earth. Let me tell you, Mr. Brothers and Sisters, you better quit seeking your fortune 
and seek your faith. You better quit trying to, to make another buck and make sure you and your family is ready. I come like Peter today, stir up your mind to remind you, you better shake off of you that you've heard this all of your life. You've never had a 2020 like this either. He said, while we anticipate, he said, but as we wait, we trust in God's raw proclamation to be fulfilled. Amen. While we wait, the, in the bad news, there's good news. He said, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and righteousness is going to prevail here. On this planet. That's what excites me. Okay, y'all still with me? We're going through the chapter. Verse number 14. So my beloved friends, with all you have, to look forward to, may you be eager to be found living pure lives without blemish and filled with peace. Now that you know, Peter said, of what's coming, it's out there. It's coming. As sure as Laura may have been a hundred miles offshore, she was coming. As sure as you're sitting right here, he's coming. Matter of fact, remember what the angel said when Jesus left? He's standing on that mountainside and the Bible says Jesus was ascended. They're all standing there looking up like this and, Jesus, and the angel said, why are you standing here looking up? This same Jesus, the same way you see him leaving, he's coming back again. He's coming. He's coming. He said, be eager to be found living pure. You ain't got time to compromise because you don't know the day or the hour. You ain't got time to let down your faith because you don't know. Huh? It was, it was set up by God. Only the ones that's going to make it in this rapture are those who love Him enough to have on your bridal suit. The five wise and the five foolish. Only those who's waiting on the bridegroom to come and get the bride are going to make it. Amen. We may know the times and the seasons. And he said we would know when it was getting close. I don't know what close is. Amen. He said you'll know what it's going to be uh, getting close. He said but no man. Matter of fact, here's one for you. Your Bible says even Jesus don't know when he's coming. Only the Father. Randy, I wonder if Jesus said, today, Father, <laughs> I'm really ready for my bride. Today, God said, no, there's another soul over there that's not ready. There's somebody sitting in Life Church today that my Holy Spirit's reaching for right now. No, no. He said, I got to shake the earth up because that sinner's asleep. Amen. I heard it said real well this morning that God is about to do surgery on the United States of America and he's going to cut her open and take some deadly stuff out of her. And he can't cut a body without everything being affected. We're going to feel the effects of God doing surgery and pulling out child molesters and molestation and revealing and exposing. Are you listening to me? Amen. He's going to do surgery on an economy that's supporting the murder and the sacrifice to bail of our babies through abortion. God said, I'm going to start doing surgery and it's going to affect the United States of America. Let it affect my paycheck. Is anybody in here? Let it affect my paycheck. Amen. Wouldn't it be terrible if we had to live by faith? God, if you got to do surgery, put America to sleep, cut her wide open and start taking it. It's happening right now. I'm not even exaggerating. He's pulling these things out and all these big wigs that had billions of dollars who thought they couldn't be touched are now going to spend their life in prison. 
I'm doing surgery, so it's going to affect everything around us. Amen. Quit feeling sorry for yourself of, oh, my God, oh, my God, I don't have all the, the, the uh, <laughs> commodities that I used to have. Amen. And start praying, God, do whatever you got to do. Shake this old earth up so it'll shake the sinner out of the hog pen into the altar. Is anybody else in this place? We're so worried about everything being okay with me. Oh, I can't wait to preach this next message. God never, he never designed for you to be comfortable. He designed for you to be conformed. He warned us. He told us. He told us you're going to go through hell. But he said all the time you're going through it, it's going to refine you into something that's great. Oh, We've lost the real prophets. Every prophet that prophesies now is telling you, you got destiny and you're so blessed and, and, and everything's just going to be so beautiful for you. Amen. Give us some prophets that will start telling us you better get right and quit feeling sorry for yourself. Let me finish this chapter. He says, so beloved, knowing that this is coming, be diligent. That means Work really hard to stay holy. Who preaches this stuff anymore? It's in your word. Why? Because there's a gravitational pull of my flesh to pull me to unholiness. But if I believe Jesus is coming, he said it ought, it, it ought to be an incentive for you to hold on to your faithfulness. Can I, can I go deeper? Come on, we're going we to be out by two. He said, but while you're holding on, keep in mind that our Lord's extraordinary patience simply means more opportunity for salvation. That's a powerful scripture, isn't it? That's verse 15. Keep in mind while you're hanging in here and you're fighting the fight of faith, the delay of the Lord is an opportunity for more souls to be saved. Man, it just draws a picture of the love of God, doesn't it? And for you, verse 17, we're getting there. And for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful you don't be led astray. Because when you stand before God, there's going to be no excuse. He's going to say, I told you. I gave you every detail. I'm going to give you a few details of what it's going to look like after you die. I even got that. I know exactly what it's going to look like when I die. Why? I got the radar. I got the word. Peter said, now that you know what's coming, don't let anything distract you. You ain't got time to be lazy, sleepy, slowful. He said, don't let anything distract you. He said, for that day is coming, it can be clearly seen on the spiritual radar of the word of God. And, 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 and here, let's... Let's, let's close out with this second part of this message. Jesus may not come before you die. I can't tell you Jesus is coming before you die, but I can tell you you're going to die. You're going to die. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, so now that radar is taking me further, Russ, into my future that I can even see what it's going to be like when I die. And can I tell you, 
after you die, I think, I think this is fair because everything's important. But after you die could be more important than your 70 years. Because it's eternal. I think I got a scripture to prove it. Don't fall. Oh, y'all better stay with me today. Don't fall for the temptation to live your life like death is the end of a thing. Death is not the end. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. This is the hope Paul preached about. Death is not the end of anything. Well, it's the end of a futile, corrupted, corruptible uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says, corruptible life. But it's the beginning of an eternal fellowship with God. So don't fall for the temptations to live like that. Here's that scripture, sis. It's James 4, 14, if you want to write it down. Write it down. Uh, Passion says, for your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold and only for a moment and then it vanishes. I think we ought to leave a mark while we're here. I want my works to follow me. And they will from generation to generation to generation to generation. My works will follow me. Are you listening to me? But my life, when you're looking at it from the, as it relates to eternity, he said, it's just like a poof. It's a puff of smoke. I don't know how you guys, you young men and women can even relate to this message. But when you get 50 and above, can I get a witness, old folks? You start thinking, I'm not going to live forever. Huh? It's like it don't even register till you get to a certain age. And then all of a sudden you see how short it is. It's appointed unto man once to die. But after this, he said, there's going to be a judgment. James said, this life is just a quick flash as it relates to the after this. Matter of fact, listen to Paul. Paul said, I live my life in light of the after this. That's pretty wow. He said, I live my life with the thought of the after this. Some of you need to expand the way you think. Because you're not going to live forever. And you're going to give an account of how you lived it while you were here. Paul said like this, Therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home with him, it's my ambition to be pleasing to him. Because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And each one can be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or bad. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Did you, did you catch all that? Paul said, whether I'm in heaven with him or I'm still on this earth, he said, I work really hard to make sure everything I do is pleasing to him. Because i got to stand before him. And I'm going to be judged by my actions. He said, I live this life with the thought of an afterlife. He said, because every one of us saved people, I'm going to teach you Wednesday, we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And we're going to give an account. And here's what really struck me. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we're persuading men. 
knowing how horrific this day's going to be has got me trying to get people saved. I thought, oh my God, that's absent. So obviously, we don't know the terror of the Lord. Obviously, we haven't been talked about this stuff enough to know that somebody has got to persuade them they're not going to live forever. They're going to stand before God. Listen, Paul said, I live my life on the hope of the after this. He called it the resurrection of the dead, both righteous and unrighteous. He said, that's why I seek with all my heart to have a clean conscience before God and man. This is what Paul wrote. Paul said, you can act like an idiot if you want to, but I have to make sure my conscience is clean because I'm going to stand before God. What if we started handling things like this? What if we started handling conversations like this? What if we started handling our convictions like this? Paul said, I believe there is a resurrection of the dead, righteous and unrighteous. He said, so I am working with all my heart to have a clean conscience. It's going to be dangerous for that clout to come and you not have a clean conscience. You that are sitting here right here saying, you know what? I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I know I've been slacking. I know I've been sleeping, but I'm going to do better. It means my conscience is not clear to I have given him everything. I'm serving him with everything. When he speaks, I'm obeying. When he says don't, I don't. When he commands, I move, even when it's uncomfortable. And as a result, Paul said, I'm working that hard to have a clear conscience because all of us are going to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. My God, I want to close with this. If you're a born-again believer, as soon as the rapture takes place, as soon as Jesus comes, if he comes before you die, how can I know when he's going to come if Jesus don't know when he's going to come? All I know is we're seeing things now that so line up with the word of God. I believe there's multitudes that's going to need to be saved before Jesus comes. I believe there's kingdoms of darkness that's got to fall and the kingdoms of God exalted. I just believe all that. But if you're a born-again believer, as soon as we're talking about death now. As soon as you die, you're going to be in the presence of God. You're going to be in the presence of God. They're going to bury your old dilapidated body in some hole somewhere. And you're going to stand before God and you're going to await the judgment of Jesus Christ. But you're in. You ain't going to hell. You're in. Now only the righteous judge Jesus is going to be able to do the proper judgment when we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's why Paul said, I'm working hard to be pleasing. People don't like to hear that kind of stuff. If you're married, you work hard to please your wife, don't you? <laughs> or you should, doing those things you know she don't really... 
I'm just telling you what Paul said. He said, I'm working diligently that when I stand before him, I'm pleasing him because we always, and we're going to stand before God. But if you're not born again, you also have the honor of seeing what's going to happen the moment you die. And Jesus preached this message. He said, there was a rich man and a man named Lazarus. This wasn't a parable. This was his message. He said, I'm going to give you a prophetic view of what's going to happen if you die without Christ. And the, the, the beggar had a poor life. You know what's amazing to me? And the Bible's, and the, the rich man fared sumptuously every day. The beggar just scraped around to eat the crumbs he throwed in the trash can. And it says they both died and the rich man went to hell. Immediately went to hell. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes in torment. It says, but the poor man went straight to Abraham's bosom. The only reason it wasn't heaven is because Jesus hadn't died yet. But he went to a place of safety. What do prosperity preachers do with this? He was poor. He was a beggar. But he was way richer than the rich man. Because he had a faith. Nowadays, we can't have faith if we don't have a meal. Can't have faith if you don't have a savings account. Can't have faith if everything ain't been handed to you on a silver platter. I don't know where that gospel come from, but it's not in your Bible. This poor man was a beggar, but he was a believer. And he said, now the believer, the poor man, is living large, Lazarus. I meant rich man, and you're tormented in these flames. It is appointed under man once to die. Now, there's something else you don't know. You don't know when you're going to die. So I'm not going to go old school on you and tell you you may die when you leave here today. But boy, is it the truth. You don't know when you're going to die. But know this. After you do die, you're going to be judged. The rich man didn't have no intermediate place. He went straight to hell. And in hell, he was so conscious that he looked up and said, Abraham... Send Lazarus to touch some water. Just, just a little water and touch my... I am tormented in these flames. Believers, body of Christ, this ain't symbolic. This is Jesus preaching the afterlife. And I could preach a whole message on every message Jesus preached on hell. He said there's going to be weeping there. There's going to be wailing there. There's going to be gnashing of teeth out of so much pain and torment and guilt and remorse is going to be in that place for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever.
Because after this, oh, I don't even know if I believe that stuff. I don't know if I believe in God. This Bible, this book is, is proven by, uh, uh, is it called geology? Where they dig in the dirt? Archaeology, geology, and scientifically proven to be true. History, historically proven to be true. Prophecies that were spoken thousands. I should have took time to get them. You can Google them. That were fulfilled years before they ever come to pass. Historically, it cannot be refuted. So why would you be bold enough to say that the prophecy of the end times is not true? It is appointed unto man once to die and after this, you're going to be judged. And you're going to stay in hell until Jesus comes through what I believe seven more years of tribulation, 1,000 years of peace on earth, you're going to be in hell. I'm teaching you your Bible. And after 1,000 years... That sinner and Satan and all of his angels are going to stand at the great white throne of judgment before God. Death is going to give up the dead. The seas are going to give them up. Everybody that died without knowing Jesus, their bodies, they've been tormented all these years in a place called hell. And God's going to, they're going to stand before God. And he's going to take every unbeliever with Satan and all his angels. And he's going to cast them into the lake of fire. Which is the second death. It's appointed unto man once to die. But I will not be a part of that second death. What a gospel I have just preached to you. Isn't it amazing? That God said, I love you so much I laid it out. Now, right now, I'm about to give an altar call for lost and saved alike because I have stirred up your minds by way of reminding you of what this book says. But let me tell you what the Hebrew said. How shall you escape if you neglect such a great gift? I tell you, it's an unsurvivable surge. Somebody come give me some music. That is unescapable. I want to give an altar call for believer and unbeliever alike. I want to give you the altar call of Peter first. I believe we got a lot of work to do on this earth. And I believe we ought to be dominating, not being dominated. I believe we ought to be winning the kingdoms that we can and casting them at the feet of God. I believe all that. Come on, I don't believe we ought to be looking for a way out of this thing. I think we ought to be looking for a way to win another lost soul to Jesus. Paul said, now that I know the terror of the Lord, I'm trying to persuade everybody. 
Maybe the reason you're not very evangelistic or talking to people about Jesus is because you don't really understand the terror that's going to be poured out on this earth. Maybe we're quiet because we're... Maybe you've been duped, like Peter said. They're going to come in in the last days and twist the scriptures around and make you feel like Everything's going to be good. Let me tell you about this church. The church is going to be good. And it's going to make it. But Peter said that day will come. So I just want to encourage you right there where you are. These altars is open to you as a believer saying, I need my mind stirred up to realize. I'm sleepy. I've got lazy or, you know, maybe I need to fight for my relationship with Christ. I need to restore. I need to stoke up the fires of my love. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. You better heed the report. I'm like your weatherman standing in front of you with microphone in hand. And it's crazy that the water's starting to ripple out there. And I'm saying, get ready. The luck. Laura ain't coming, but the Lord is. Don't be distracted, body of Christ. Hear my voice. Don't be distracted by life and your calling. Don't put your ministry on the back burner. Because even if you do make it, you're going to stand before Christ and He's going to judge you by the things He called you to do and you didn't do it. And the Bible says some are going to be ashamed standing before Jesus. Maybe you ought to play right now. Maybe you ought to act just like them down south the other day. They was packing bags and grabbing stuff. Maybe you ought to be doing that spiritually. You know what? That stuff ain't important no more. Leave it. I wonder how much stuff they left behind that they couldn't live without the day before and said, you know what? That ain't important. What's important is my life. Come on, believers. You know what? Me and my wife's fighting over this mess that's so temporal, there ain't no eternal value to it. Maybe we ought to lay that aside and start putting some things aside. Brother Benny, start pulling things to us that's got eternal value. And that's our faith. That's our faith. My God, if you're here today and you hadn't given your life to Jesus Christ, I can't tell you this much. You don't have the promise of tomorrow. You don't have the promise. You don't know when you're going to check out of here. When you do, when you do, there's not another opportunity like right now. If you don't know Jesus, step out right now. <laughs> Cry out to God, I got to have life. Push your way. I preach, wrestle your way to the altar. Fight your way past your own feelings and emotions and say, I got to be ready. I got to be ready, Kenny. I, I got to be ready. Kenny, I want us to start living like Paul said. I really, when I make a decision now, I base it on the afterlife. How will this affect my eternity? Would this be pleasing to God? Wow. Come on, right there where you sitting. Just right there where you sitting. Can I, can I tell somebody something? You need to hear me. Not knowing is not going to be an excuse when you stand before God. Well, God, I didn't know you expected me to be so holy. I, I didn't know you expected me to not talk like that and live like that. He said, oh, no, 
I've sent my Holy Spirit and I've sent my word. The news broadcast has gone out for thousands of years. Benny, I ain't sure. I didn't research it, but I think Noah preached for 120 years and God shut the door. They couldn't say, oh my God, we didn't, we didn't. No, I preached for 120 years. Now the door's shut. This prophetic word's been going forth for over 2,000 years, more than that, 4,000 years, prophets and all telling us it's coming. And the good news of gospel salvation is I can be ready. You can be ready. My God, make ready right now. Make ready right now. Oh God, I feel the weightiness of this message this morning. I feel the weightiness of it, Ricky. When's the last time you heard this type of message? It's because men are, are twisting the scriptures to believe, to make it believe what they want it to believe. Instead of just believing what Jesus said. The apostles verified it. He said, don't butter it up. Don't sugar it down. Look back at Noah. I destroyed the whole earth with water and I'm going to do it again with fire. And I'm going to purge it and I'm going to cleanse it. My God, my heart, I just, I'm sorry. I know I'm delaying, but I feel the heart of God. I feel the heart of God. I feel the heart of God. And He's just wooing His people. Saying, get right, because God is that all-seeing eye that's standing up there looking down saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. There's going to be another big convulsion in November, I'm telling you. America is finna experience a conversion. Go ahead. Hold up, hold up, hold, hold, just hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. I'm getting my phone out. Just hold on to that thought. This is the, I knew God was fishing to speak. Okay, go. Hear the word of the Lord. I have been married to you, O backslider. I have been married to you, O backslider. You once had eyes only for me. It was only for me that you sought. But now in your heart, you have been looking at other lovers. I call you today to come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me in repentance. Come back to me, O backslider. I love you. There is mercy for you. My Lord and my God. Oh, my God. My God, it runs chills on me that God has just spoken in this place. God has just spoken in this place. My God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's right, young lady. You're meeting Jesus right here. Sister Helen, can I come get you? Just lay your hand on her. You ain't got to say anything. Just this young lady right here is just finding her way. That's right, girl. 
He's calling. He's calling you right here, right now. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the good news. This is the word of the Lord, and this is what God is beginning to do across America. Do not reject the word of the Lord that's being preached out of this pulpit. Oh my God. Oh my Father. We're sitting in the presence of God. I want to ask you to do something for me, body of Christ, while you're sitting there. Would you ask God to deposit the boldness to be a greater witness for Him? Just right there where you're sitting. According to the Scripture, if I understood it right, we can hasten the coming of the Lord. In other words, he's not coming until he get his mission accomplished. Let's accomplish the mission. But would you pray that when you're around people now, that now that you know this, what if it was like, Sister Randy, you had a TV and your neighbor didn't. And you got to watch the news. And you saw that Laurel was coming. But they had no way of knowing and they're just out in the yard and their kids are playing and just flying a kite. But you have the foresight to know, oh my God, Laura's coming. Would you be compelled to go to your neighbor and say, look, I, I know you don't know this, but destruction is coming. And do your best to, to tell them there's an unsurvivable surge coming. When I began to study this over and over and over, I thought, why are we not doing that as the body of Christ if we really believe? Whether we believe it's in 10 days or 10 years or 1,000 years, it doesn't really matter, does it, Fluky? But if we really believe that this word is true, would I be more adamant about persuading men of the love of God? My, 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 my. Instead of saying to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And if you'll start paying attention to your Bible, it's continually preparing you. And then he placed us here to prepare everybody around us. For that great big wedding day when the bride and the groom are united to spend an eternity ruling and reigning on this planet with righteousness. Man, I hate to break this spirit right here, right now. Father, we thank you for the word. I've done my job today, now it's yours. I cooked the meal. I prepared the meal. I missed meals to get this meal ready. The prophetic office has been obeyed to God, uh, obedient to God and has spoken today. We have gone as far as we can go now. The question is, are you going to eat? Are you going to partake of? 
And are you going to be strengthened by what you've been taught? This third time, the last three times I've preached, sons and daughters have been born into the kingdom of heaven. So I need you to know if you've been born again, we can, it's time to be baptized. Sometimes I don't know exactly or I forget who came. If you've been born again, we want to see you baptized in water. So if you'll come see me, we'll make sure you're baptized in water to obey the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do y'all feel this, how serious it is right now? I don't want that to change before you leave here. I usually like to leave on a high note. I want you to get this serious about your salvation. Philippians chapter number 2 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Get that serious. Until you get to the point to where you know you're going to make it. Father, we thank you for the word this morning. I thank you for this somber spirit. I thank you, Father. I praise you, Father. I thank you, Father. I have a clear conscience before you right now that when I step down off this pulpit, I have been obedient to your word and your will, and I give it all I have. Thank you for the strength and the grace for it, Lord. Now, now, now Father, I pray over the flock over which you have made me overseer. And I've been interceding for you, flock, that Christ be formed in you. Pray over the body of Christ right now. That we become serious about the after this. And that it starts showing up in our lifestyles. And that it pushes us to persuade men to come to know Jesus. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.